You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for really good selfies, really funny Insta stories with my Uber drivers, and just lots of really good entertaining content. I posted some some stories with my Uber driver over the weekend on my birthday. Um, He gave me some great advice. He gave me advice on having babies. We talked about his 21st birthday because he guessed that I was between 20 and 22, which was great because I'm actually 26. So thank you to Leo is what I've named him. That's not his real name, but I obviously can't use his real name. But thank you, Leo, for thinking that I'm much younger than I actually look. He also said I was a movie star. I looked like a movie star or a television star. So for those reasons, I gave him a uh, six star rating out of five. Because, you know, when you give me when you give me your validation and you give me compliments, I'm like, yes, give me all of it. So thank you, Leo. You can watch some of our, our chats about his 21st birthday, going to Vegas, getting strip teases from his wife and him trying to play matchmaker. You know, he found a 20 year old Indonesian girl that runs a Indonesian restaurant in Alhambra, California, that he thought would be a perfect match for me. And I was like, you know what? You're right, Leo. That is exactly what I put on my vision board is I wanted a 20 year old Indonesian girl that runs her own business, you know, because that's that's clearly what I'm into. You can watch that on my Instagram at Just Zach. Um, it is Monday, so I am doing a pop culture breakdown of all of the news that broke over the weekend and today, and there was a lot. I don't have a special guest with me this week, but that's not to worry because I will have a special guest next week. And next week, I'm also going to be on Katie Thompson's podcast. If you watched me on the After Buzz Vanderpump Rules after show this past season and the season prior, you'll know that I should the panel with Miss Katie Thompson and Katie has a podcast called See You Next Tuesday and I will be on it next Tuesday and we're talking about a lot. We taped for like two hours and I have a lot of really embarrassing dating stories, some of which I've shared on this show, but we we got deep and we talked about a lot. Today we're going to talk about a lot as well. We're talking about Jessica Biel and her this whole anti-vaccine controversy, talking about keeping up with the Kardashians and their two-part season finale, talking about Tinsley and Billy Bush dating, Katy Perry's new or not Katy Perry, sorry, Taylor Swift's new music video, You Need to Calm Down. I'm actually kind of into this jam. So I'm going to give my thoughts and opinions on all of it. First up, I just want to get hot right out the gate because I talked about this for the past few days on my Insta story. And since so many people responded and felt um, they really supported what I had to say on Insta stories, I figured I might as well address it on hashtag no filter today. That's Jessica Biel coming out against SB 276, which is a bill that eliminates or just makes it really difficult or basically eliminates medical exemption. So as for people that aren't familiar with vaccination mandates here in California, you are only allowed, the only time you can refuse a vaccine if you want to enter into school is if you have a medical exemption. So they have since banned 
philosophical exemptions and religious exemptions. So the only way to not receive a vaccine on the regular preferred schedule is to have a medical exemption. And a medical exemption is when a doctor examines the patient, in this case, the child, and says that this child is medically unfit to follow the current vaccine schedule, whether that's opting out altogether, which is rare, or whether that's just delaying or altering the schedule. So SB 276 would allow California to abolish medical exemptions and you would no longer be able, the doctor would no longer be able to make that determination whether or not a child is able to opt out of the current vaccine schedule, which is highly um, inflated and bloated. And the number of vaccines that children are given today are just astronomical. Um, So I do think in certain cases, you know, look at it's a pharmaceutical and if kids can be allergic to penicillin, if kids can be allergic to Tylenol, who's to say, that every single baby and child with a developing immune system is supposed to be okay with this cookie cutter approach to this vaccine protocol. It's it's highly inflated in my opinion. And there are so many vaccinations that a child is given within the first 12 years of life that it's like, to me, it's it's alarming and concerning an issue that I'm going to have to face as a parent down the line. Jessica Biel, who is a celebrity and a parent, decided to speak out against eliminating medical exemptions and speak in, you know, she went with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who has also openly spoke about his spoken about his concerns with vaccines. And again, I want to say that this conversation and this whole argument, because a lot of people are beating Jessica Biel up in the press. And I just want to say that like this whole argument is not about vaccines. This argument has nothing to do with whether or not you believe in vaccines. Like obviously vaccines are very important. They've eliminated many, many diseases. And like nobody wants any of these diseases to come back. Nobody wants to have an epidemic. Nobody wants anybody dying of a deadly illness. Nobody is pro-deadly illness at all, especially people that are often branded or labeled anti-vaccine. So with Jessica Biel, she is opposed to the government mandating vaccines, the government taking away the choice from parents and the government taking away the choice of or allowing a doctor to weigh in with his medical expert opinion and make that, that judgment call based off of his patient. Now, where we're getting into this risky territory, I feel like we're in such a, a, a world where everything is black and white and red and blue. Everything is your Republican, and that means you ideal with this entire list of, you know, policies or you're a Democrat and you're team blue and we're like on a football team and you only can align with these certain, you know, ideas and policies. And that's not necessarily the case. I think we need to allow, I'd like to say we can't live in a black and white world. We have to be able to fit somewhere in the gray where people can be somewhere in the middle and not necessarily identify with one or the other completely, but like we have to be able to make our own opinions and do our own research and kind of come to our own conclusions on our own. And we can't just because one person feels a certain way about a certain topic, we can't just immediately label them black or white, or in this case, red or blue. You know, like there has to be some sort of purple or gray where there is a a common ground where we can agree on certain things. And I think in this case, with this specific issue, this is not a 
pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine argument. This is really an argument of pro-choice. We have so many people that are out there arguing about, you know, a woman should have a right to make a decision for her own body, but yet a mother should not be allowed to make a decision for her own child when it's conducted with a medical professional and when they kind of come to a conclusion on their own together. Again, this is not a conversation about vaccines. This is not a I am for vaccines or I am against vaccines or I am pro, you know, deadly illnesses or against deadly illnesses. Deadly illnesses are bad. Nobody wants them back. And vaccines have done a lot of good to eliminate deadly illnesses. Nobody wants to bring these diseases back. So what we need to do is not immediately brand or label Jessica Biel as anti-vaccine, which the media did indeed do. The media immediately dismissed her claims, didn't listen to what her argument was. She ended up addressing it, saying that she's not against vaccinations, but she's against this very specific bill that, again, eliminates a parent's right, parent, sorry, parental consent and parent's rights, and, you know, abolishes a medical expert opinion which is not like when we give, we're mandating a pharmaceutical here. So we're giving the government more power to make a decision. And it's a medical decision. You're giving the government power to choose what a parent should do for their child, or in this case, what anybody should do. I mean, mandating vaccines, that's, I mean, how do you, when we head down that road, it's not going to it's not going to end well, like the government will continue to have more and more power, the more that we allow them to do stuff like this. And like we should we should all be free and available to make our own decisions and, you know, trust that our doctor that we're making these decisions with an open dialogue with our doctors and that, you know, this isn't parents being crazy or wacky Facebook moms that just don't want to vaccinate their kids. Like there's so much more to the conversation that I think instead of shutting people down, dismissing them and rebranding them as something that we don't like just because they happen to have a difference of opinion. Like we need to stop doing that. We need to stop with this cancel culture. We need to actually listen to people and have conversations. And I think this goes well beyond just the conversation of the topic of vaccines or mandated pharmaceuticals. I think this is just in general. We have to have conversations with people that we disagree with. We have to have an open dialogue so that we can hear both sides and make our own decision. And to be honest, I think when people are afraid to have those conversations, when people are afraid to listen to the other side, it's probably because they're afraid of being convinced otherwise. It's probably because they're afraid that by listening to the other side, they're probably going to lose faith in their own side, or they just don't want to be proven wrong. When like, you can't go into an argument not wanting to be proven wrong if you don't fully understand the topic all around. And I get it, people, when it comes to vaccines, people have very strong emotions. There are a lot of parents out there that have children that were injured by a vaccine that, I mean, it's a serious issue. It's a real thing. I think we cannot dismiss vaccine injuries. I think people have side effects. They can be very serious side effects. The vaccines are not 100% bulletproof. They're not, you know, they don't make you immune to whatever disease that you're you know, getting a vaccination for, there is, you know, herd immunity, and that's a whole other deeper uh, scientific conversation. But what I'm saying is we need to be able to have a difference of opinion, we need to be able to discuss these things, and we need to be willing to listen to everyone. So um, Jessica Biel has my full support. Again, I think her position is pro-choice. It is not 
anti-vaccine. It is saying that we should have the choice whether or not to choose to put a pharmaceutical drug or a pharmaceutical in our child's body. I think as a parent, you should have that right. I think, you know, just as a citizen of the United States, you should be able to choose, you know, what your medical care should be. It's again, an argument about pro-choice. And that's where I stand on Jessica Biel. I feel bad that she's having to get this major beating in the press, but you know, it is what it is, but she has my support. Shifting gears, I want to talk about Chloe and Tristan. Keeping up with the Kardashians is ending this season. And we have a two-part season finale where we are going to get to see the entire Chloe Tristan Jordan Woods scandal, which is so juicy. I love Kardashians. I think this past season was a little slow. I liked seeing some kind of genuine moments with the family. I liked seeing Courtney and Scott's relationship develop this season. Um, last season, I really liked or I mean, I guess this is bad to admit, but I really liked the uh, the beef with Courtney and her sisters. I thought that was entertaining and real and raw family dynamics that we haven't gotten really to see on the Kardashians in a long time. I love me some Kardashians. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how the Kardashians portray the whole falling out and kind of seeing what their side of the story is. We saw Jordan once came out. She did Red Table Talk and she was with Jada Pinkett Smith. And Jada, I think wanted to act like she was giving Jordan a hard time and trying to get her to own up to her stuff. But I also think Jordan probably wasn't the most honest, number one. And two, probably shouldn't have come out and opened up with her side of things right away because it looked like she was just trying to save face. Now, I it's we have a two-part finale. We haven't had a two-part Kardashian finale in a really long time. And I'm kind of excited about this. I hope it's not glossed over. I hope we actually get to see everything that unfolded and played out. And I hope we kind of get an update on where things stand today. I think Chloe has always deserved better. Tristan is definitely a cutie and he made one adorable baby, but he is a very, very flawed man and he needs to kind of get his infidelity in check. So I will probably have more feelings about the finale next week once I've actually gotten to watch the finale. But as of right now, I'm hoping that E and Keeping Up with the Kardashians does not disappoint me. Tinsley from Real Housewives of New York. Now, I have not liked Tinsley since she first came on the show. I thought she just wasn't a very dynamic addition to the show. I thought it was a little, her storyline was a little stale. She was a little too desperate looking. I actually have come to appreciate Tinsley, especially after this most recent episode when they went to Miami and she stuck up for Bethany and she kind of responded to Luann and she really put Luann in her place. I like this side of Tinsley, whether or not she just needs to have a, a few more martinis in her when we tape, I'm fine with that, but I'd like the new Tinsley that has evolved and developed. Those are my thoughts on Tinsley this season. There have been some rumors about her starting to date Billy Bush. She has come out and has neither confirmed nor denied that she's dating Billy Bush. She said that her and Billy are really good friends and she's dating right now. She's dating around. She's dating guys that have kids. She's dating. I'm all for Tinsley getting out there and dating as many guys as she can and really kind of figuring herself out and figuring out what she wants. I like that she's not going for a very specific type of guy. She's open to a guy with kids. She's open to being a stepmom. Like, I think this is growth and evolution on Tinsley's part. I think this probably should have happened when she was like, like 23. Um, but the fact that she's still willing to grow and evolve within her dating life, I am all here for it. And I really like Billy Bush. 
I feel like he got a really bad hand in the whole controversy that came um, during the election when he was fired because of, you know, his conversation with Trump. I think we should be holding Trump a little more accountable, accountable for that conversation instead of giving him a pass and making him president instead of Billy Bush. I like Billy Bush. I always thought he was entertaining. I think he's really freaking cute. And I think him and Tinsley would make an adorable couple. I don't know if I ship them long term, but I'm just saying if I were Tinsley, I would be hitting that on the rags while I'm dating other guys because I think Billy Bush is a cutie. So it does feel like a bit of a publicity stunt for both of them, but I'm not against it. I don't fully swipe left to this. I'm actually swiping a little yellow, light green-ish. Taylor Swift dropped her new music video for You Need to Calm Down. I have mixed feelings about You Need to Calm Down. I think I like the I like the song, like 80%, and then 20% of it I kind of find annoying. I think it's like a recycled message that I don't necessarily love entirely. But look, I love me some T-Swift and Katy Perry making amends. I think I like... I ship them together as friends and I like that they've, you know, kind of buried the hatchet and there's no more beef. There's no more drama. I think, you know, when you are two very strong females in the entertainment business, you are, you know, you have a lot of eyes on you and you're setting an example. And when you are choosing to fight with each other and speak poorly of each other in the press, that doesn't set a really good example. So I'm here for this this friendship blooming but I will say the music video itself it was very I think it was very good in terms of it bringing to light um it giving a platform for people that are part of the LGBTQ community I think that that's great I think you know we're also in pride month so it makes sense but if I'm being honest I feel like it was like it did kind of exploit the LGBT community a little bit I think Taylor Swift not being um, part of the LGBT community, I get it, she's an ally, but her not being part of it just feels a little off. Like she's kind of capitalizing off of this. I, to my knowledge, she is not donating, again, to my knowledge, she is not donating proceeds from the music video or the song to any um, LGBTQ foundation, which I think if you're going to use the LGBT community to promote your music, to promote your song, to, you know, feature in a music video. Like I think there's an awareness piece, but there's also a social responsibility to give back to that community. And if you're making money off of a song and a video that uses them, then I think you either need to give that money back or you need to own the fact that you're exploiting it. I think there were a lot of really influential and powerful faces and names in the video. Alan was in it. The Queer Eye guys were in it. I saw Hannah Hart in it. You know, I saw a lot of familiar faces that I think I think it's great. I think it's definitely bringing awareness. But at this point, we're not in a place where I think we need to get away from just general awareness and now get into a place of normalizing it. And I just, I don't know. I didn't love the music video. I thought it really danced on a fine line of paying tribute and raising awareness and also just kind of being a little exploiting of this community. Ultimately, I think it's a great thing, but as somebody that's not in the LGBTQ community, as Taylor Swift is not, it doesn't really feel fair of her to capitalize off of it. So it's kind of where I stand on it. 
It's a cute music video. I think if maybe it wasn't so LGBTQ focused or centric, it may have been better because, you know, it would have kind of showed a well-rounded response to critics in general instead of just making it a pride video when... I'm sorry, you're not in the pride community, so you can't, it's, it's, it's a little trickier for you to really kind of, you know, release music and stuff about it. But that's where I stand. That's how I feel. Those are my hashtag no filter opinions about Chloe and Tristan, Jessica Biel, Tinsley and Billy Bush. Again, like Tinsley, I just want to say, if you're not for Billy Bush, if that's not your vibe, then you can send Billy Bush my way. I am all for that. I would take Billy Bush home in two seconds. Um, I'm glad Katie and Taylor have made amends. I'm glad that they've done it so publicly so that it shows girls out there that like women don't have to pit women against each other. I think that's just kind of the message in general. Like we shouldn't be put against each other at all. There shouldn't be competition. There's enough room for everybody at the table. So that's how I'm feeling. Also, I just want to say that um, I'm drinking this week's Drink of the Week, which is on my Instagram IGTV, and it's on my YouTube channel, and it's on my website at Just Plain Zach, the recipe. I'm drinking a Cool Blondes cocktail, which is made with Blondies by Jenny, Blondies Cocktails, which is a vodka lemonade, which is so delicious. I crafted a recipe that I like to call the Cool Blonde, because I'm a Cool Blonde. I say, I'm not just any blonde, I'm a Cool Blonde. So I'm drinking that as I as I give these unfiltered opinions about what's going on in pop culture this week. So if you want to try the Cool Blonde cocktail, go to JustPlainZach.com, go to Healthy Cocktails, because the recipe is there, or you can find the recipe. I make it on my IGTV. You can find it there as well. Thank you guys for listening. Hashtag no fail to Zach Peter. Don't forget to subscribe and listen every Monday and Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the places, anywhere you can get your podcasts, all major platforms. You can find hashtag no filter. You can follow me at just plain Zach all over the internet. That's on YouTube, just plain Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I tweeted something that may give you a little hint at who's going to be my special guest for my 200th episode of Hashtag No Filter that you may want to go to my Twitter account right now and and send me a question. Hint, hint. Um, Until next time, I'm going to kill my Cool Blonde cocktail and probably have another and celebrate this week and continue to celebrate my 26th birthday and what a year it's been and how much I just want to appreciate everything that I've been through and how strong and badass I am at 26 years old. I'm embracing me fully. So, all right, I'm gonna go kill this cool blonde cocktail and I will see you Wednesday. Okay, bye.